Alex, it's terrible to be back. Yeah, I would imagine so, uh, for a whole host of reasons, but why don't you list a few of them yourself? Well, for the, the previous five, six days, I, w- I wake up, it's beautiful, open up the windows, you open up your fridge, and there's just it's just full of beer. It's not particularly mm. good beer. Doesn't matter. Brahma Light, which was the the beer that they were stocking in the uh, the fridge every day, I strongly suspect is the PBR of the Dominican Republic. But a that doesn't bother me too much, and b well I shouldn't say you're not paying for it. I certainly paid for it. You just pay for it all up front, and then yeah. Which I've never done. I've never done one of those before. And while it's a lot of money up front, oh man, it feels like way less money by the end of the trip because you can do whatever you want. Like, do you want, do you want apple pie? Fuck yeah, get some apple pie. Do you want to have seven beers today? Do it. Don't have to feel bad about it. It's great. Sounds like it was a, a hell of a vacation all around. Uh, mm. Yeah, no internet. That was the best thing about it. Oh man! So you could technically, you could pay for internet. It was three bucks an hour, and then it it scaled from there. But I didn't have much reason to be on other than once a day checking uh, my emails to make sure there weren't any major fires for E3 scheduling. But uh, I had taken care of most of that stuff before I left on purpose, um, and then only had to check in once or twice. But man, um, your life is a lot happier when you're not on the mm-hmm. internet, as it turns out. Oh yeah. Yeah, the internet is a dark, scary, horrifying place full of assholes, whereas the Dominican Republic has sun and beaches and limited internet access that you have to pay for. So I can only imagine that it must have been a very uh, soothing experience to be away from all of that. Yeah, it, it was nice. I, I highly recommend the uh, taking a break from the internet every once in a while, even if you don't go anywhere. Just just taking a break from the internet is a really it's a, it's a really nice thing. Yeah, it works out really, yeah. really well. See, when I was in China, I should have just used that opportunity to not look at the internet at all for like two weeks. But I, I have this horrible addiction where I still have to check every once in a while. So I did, and I regret that now. I should have just let go. Yeah. So it was, it, it was a, it was a really good time. Had, had a lot of fun. Um, and also recommend. Uh, this is one thing uh, I had had a chance to do that I imagine most people don't get a chance to do because. It's not exactly, I wouldn't necessarily categorize it under fun, but, uh, so part of the reason we went to the Dominican Republic, uh, was because, uh, my dad, uh, was, uh, one of the higher ups at this company, Riddell, who makes a lot of football equipment and other sports equipment. And one of the, uh, factories, uh, they oversee is one in the Dominican Republic. And they were huge fans of my dad and actually ended up dedicating a building to him in the, the oh, no factory way. down there. And so... When uh, my wife and I and uh, a couple we went with were trying to figure out where should we go, I was like, well, I can't imagine that one day I'm going to wake up and be like, I should fly to the Dominican Republic and go see that factory. So what if we went to the Dominican Republic and then also made a point of going to the factory? And the the factory itself is located in Santo Domingo, which is long, long way away from the nice illusion that this country tries to present as what everything the Dominican Republic is about. You know, the Dominican Republic has, uh, like a lot of, you know, tropical islands, uh, a, you know, big tourism industry, and then, you know, like a lot of, like the rest of the country is is fairly poor. Um, right. And that is true of the Dominican Republic, too, uh, especially in San Domingo. And the Dominican Republic is, you know, a Spanish colony that it borders a French colony, Haiti, which obviously is uh, its own, like, really, really uh, uh, sort of upsetting mess. But so we had a chance to actually go through. There's, it's a three-hour drive to get to the factory from where our inclusive was. So had a chance to really, you know, see a little bit more of, of that country and certainly puts, you know, going uh, on vacation there and just sort of the illusion that is created for you when you're at, mm-hmm. like, one of these all-inclusives uh, because you're sort of paying for the illusion, which is fun. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed my illusion. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, if you get a chance to uh, see uh, other parts of the places you get to visit, uh, I would highly recommend it. It certainly puts a lot of that stuff in perspective, and it was uh, certainly touching to go and uh, see the factory and actually talk to the workers that had, like, met my dad and, like, like oh, you look just like him. And it was it was really uh, – it was an interesting experience all around. And if you ever go on something like that, I, I definitely – you probably can't go to a factory with your dad's name on it, but uh, going to uh, the quote-unquote realer parts of 
some of those countries is, is certainly worthwhile. If I, if I found a factory with my dad's name on it, that would be really confusing because my dad was, was into, like, computers and mostly was, like, a, was into, like, Cisco router training, like, back in the 90s. So I don't know where that would even happen, and that would be really kind of alarming, frankly. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you wake up in a different body in a different life and then you have to go to a factory, then you'll be set. I will get right on that. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing I could do. I immediately want to do that right now. Yeah. Uh, I want to dan- dance competition on the first day. Oh, no shit. I don't know if I'd call it a dance competition, but I was plucked out of the audience to dance because they every night they have uh, they had a show that for the adults that went from like 9.30 to 11, and uh, they will randomly pluck people to just like embarrass them in front of you know everyone that they're, that they're with. And I was, I was picked on the first night we were there. And I had to do some embarrassing dance, and I managed to get a USA chant going, and then I won. Because they, the, they did the awards based on uh, who got the loudest cheers. And I was doing the, the Hulk Hogan, like, wrap around your ear, get the crowd going. It was oh very, very effective, very effective. I ended up winning. I got an extremely large T-shirt that does not fit me, but, you know, maybe in 20 years, uh, maybe in 20 years I'll be able to fill it out. Let's hope not, because that 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 doesn't necessarily speak well of your health. But uh, <laughs> also, while you were there, uh, there was an earthquake, but you had nothing to do with that, right? No. So apparently, there are uh, earthquakes all the time in that region, but they often take place in the ocean. Uh, so you mm. you'll feel them a little bit. But yeah, uh, I think on Wednesday, uh, when I did uh, flip, pay three dollars to flip on the internet, just got a flood of like DMs and texts from Vinny. Uh, it's just like, oh, like, are you are you fucking okay? Like, what what the hell is going on? And I'm like, what, what do you what happened? Like, did some did something happen on your end? Like, do you not know I'm on vacation? That I've that, that there's a reason I haven't been online for several days. It's like, no, there was an earthquake. It's like, oh, and I guess it happened like 30 miles offshore. And you'll sometimes I guess sometimes it will be felt, you know, on on shore. But that was uh, not the case for us. So it was very kind of Vinny to freak me the hell out that something was wrong. Um, well, considering the last time something like that happened in that region, it was the whole Haiti situation, which was, you know, a pretty massive disaster, all things considered, though, you know, re- like as soon as I heard earthquake in, in Dominican Republic, I looked up, it was like it was like a five, no injuries or damage reported yet. And I was like, oh, well, he's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were we were, we were all good, but I certainly appreciated people asking yeah. about it. And uh, it it made me break my t- my Twitter rule. I went on and at least tweeted that I was OK. Uh, yeah. which seemed like the, the reasonable thing to do. But, uh, yeah. It's nice of you. Yeah, no, I, I had a great time. Uh, certainly would have Good. enjoyed having a vacation after E3 as opposed to uh, pre-E3. But the the way a lot of these uh, sort of like vacation packages work out, uh, once kids get out of school, the prices go whoop. So, yeah. so a lot of families go on these things because they have, you know, places for – kids to get watched and, and things like that. So there were a lot of families there even when we were there, but there were you know, a lot of really, really young kids that weren't necessarily in school yet. And I guess like everything skyrockets starting in June because mm-hmm. everyone's out of school and is doing summer vacation. So took it, took it when I could. And uh, definitely it's one of those things that I now realize why people like at the end of it, it's like, well, we got to plan this next one. We just, I yeah. can't, I can't live life knowing that I don't have another one of these on the, on the horizon. So there must um, always be a vacation somewhere down the road, a carrot at the end of the stick. I understand why people go on vacation now. I never do that. I never, ever go on vacation, which is stupid. My vacation days constantly go to waste, but I think I need to, I think I need to change that. Yeah, I've taken time off and I've taken a lot of like staycations, but I'm trying to remember the last time I actually took like a real we're traveling somewhere for fun vacation. And I think it was when I went to Thailand, like all those years ago when I went to Hong Kong and Thailand, like there was some family stuff with my girlfriend involved there. But that was mostly just like we're going for fun to do what we want to do. And that was like four years ago. Yeah, you that's been take, a really long you time. Take a vacation. Maybe I should. Yeah, yeah. maybe sometime this year. We'll see. Yeah. So well, I, there, a lot of stuff happened. I picked a God week where a lot it. of news occurred, it seems, um, and we'll get to some of that, but what did, you, what did what have you been up to? Oh, God, this week. So, I played through the new Wolf Among Us episode, uh, which I did a recap of, went up yesterday. Uh, that did not take up very much of my week, because that episode's only about an hour long. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Is it a good hour? No. Ah. It's about it's about 25 minutes of good and th- or 35 minutes of what is, what? why are you stretching? It's like, it's a lot of stretching for time in a short episode, which is not a real good look. 
Um, that episode's a real bummer. It doesn't... I mean, it sets up some stuff for the, the last episode that I think will be good. Uh, but it definitely is a lot of table setting, and it's not very good table setting. It's, like, introducing characters that aren't that interesting. There's a whole bit where, like, you go to the butcher shop of the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, that mm -hmm. whole thing, and you find out he's been taken over by, you know, the, the omnipresent crooked man organization. And it's, like, one of those scenes that you go to, like, in a Law & Order episode where they, you know, they find out, they're starting to find out there's a larger thing going on. They go to a business. They find out that this person is involved. They talk to him for, like, three minutes. Maybe they interrogate him for another minute after that, and that's it. But it goes on forever. Like, you are just talking to this guy about his, you know, sad life and having to give himself over to this criminal organization forever. Uh, and it's not that interesting for very long. And it just, that's what that episode is full of. Just moments that feel like they're going on for way too long, even though there's not that much in the episode. It's, it seems like the episodic structure of this, The Wolf Among Us, is odd. I, I can't tell how much of that is... It seems like it would be odd if they had planned it all this way. Or if maybe yeah. there was something that happened along the way regarding production that forced them... Because obviously now it feels like these episodes are coming out faster. But yeah. it also seems like the quality is taking a dip. Um, like it, Maybe it's, it's possible that they're taking you know slimming down some of these uh intermediate episodes and we're gonna have like a really punchy big lengthy finale but they certainly don't seem to be setting that as an indication especially you know this seems again seems to be so odd contrasted against the walking dead which i'm not going to spoil because i haven't played the next episode mm -hmm. yet either but you know by all accounts including yours that's getting better and, and, and better as opposed to The Wolf Among Us, which started really good and then is, seems to be getting worse and worse. That's the way I feel about it, yeah. And it's it's weird. Like, I, I've i said it a couple of times in those recaps. Like, I feel like The Walking Dead is a, is a game that very much benefits from its episodic structure. It feels like it's paced out and, like, through both seasons so far, it feels like it has been paced out in a way that benefits from that structure. The Wolf Among Us has felt very much like it is try Telltale trying to jam that game into that structure without finding ways to make it feel like it fits like the choices don't ever feel quite as meaningful i feel like the first couple of episodes had some good choice stuff but like the last two have had almost none that really felt like they really impacted the story at all the cliffhangers haven't been that great uh i think the the la like the episode three was probably the only one that had like a really good cliffhanger and then you know this last one really didn't have a particularly awesome one um it just doesn't feel like the episodic thing is really benefiting The Wolf Among Us at all. Even though you would think, like, a police procedural would totally fit into that structure. They just haven't found a way to make it that interesting. Like, I feel like that's a game that will be better if you just play all five episodes in one shot. Because yeah. the separation is making me like it less and less as each week goes along. Yeah, I mean, I, the fact that it would only be an hour, that seems really skimping it unless that is an hour with a lot of impact and I'll you know but for that to just be table setting seems seems like something's a little bit off about you know hard to know without getting better insight into the production yeah schedule of of that series but really disappointing because I truly was like, that first episode is fantastic it is it's a it's an amazing pilot it's one of those shows that are games in this case that I think had a really amazing pilot and a really great concept and then the subsequent episodes just have not done anything near that for me. Like, the second one's pretty good. The third one had a lot of problems, but I think was mostly okay. This last one is just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just it felt like I was wasting a lot of time, even though it wasn't taking me that long to get through it, which is a really weird way for things to go in that. I don't know. I just, I, I'm bummed out by it because I want to be excited for that finale. But at this point, like, I don't know if I really can. I mean, I'm. I'm going to play it, obviously, but I'm just sort of like, I, I don't know if I really care that much. Well, you've got me really excited to play it this weekend. Well, I'm glad I've, I'm able to do that for you. Uh, beyond the scope of that, uh, mostly I have been preparing to go to San Francisco next week. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, you, you always come out uh, just before E3. Yeah, I like to get in there, you know, spend a little time in the office before we uh, we all headed to, to E3. And I also like to do that drive to L.A. for reasons that I can no longer adequately explain to anyone. Like, anyone says, why would you want to do that six-hour L.A. drive? And it's like, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> something 
in my soul that I have to do. It's like a pilgrimage kind of thing. Like, I have to do it. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like I've had a real year. Like, it's just I have to do that once every year or nothing feels right anymore. Mm. That one year I didn't go to E3 at all, uh, where I was just working on screen and I didn't go to E3. That whole year just felt wrong. Like, it just, it was like I had walked into an alternate universe where nothing made sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I know eventually there will be a year where I don't go to E3. I've been doing E3 since I was 14 years old. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm Which not, you're not supposed to do. No, I'd not. Four to five doctors do not recommend going to E3 for well over a decade. And at some point, there will be a reason that I don't go. I'm not sure when that will be or why that will be, but. That's going to be a – that will probably be, like, other than having a child, like, the biggest change you could make to, like, something that happens to me during the year yeah. is not going to E3 because it's just it's just a thing I've done for basically, the like, the length of raising a child. For more than 14, more than 14 years, I've been going to E3, and that is uh, – I can't say that's something I'm proud of necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I've been going for probably roughly the same amount of time you have uh, with only one break in between. And uh, I don't know. It's like you can sit there and you can debate the merits of E3 anymore, whether it really makes that much sense to exist, you know, whether it actually benefits the industry at all. And I think those are all valid points. My argument uh, against getting rid of E3 is I need it. I need it in my life <laughs> as much as I want to say I don't need it. I don't want it. I hate it. You know, whatever. It's my drug. It's the thing. It's what keeps me going every year. It's like knowing that I have to go do this thing every year. Uh, it's an important milestone. And I, without it, I don't know what I would do. You know, I would probably just fucking walk off a cliff or something. I have no idea. Like, you, it's would, like you, would sit at, you would sit on your couch and watch the trailers and the press conferences with beer and not have to do anything. But then I wouldn't be there. Uh, I wouldn't I be know. sitting in a hotel room watching those things and typing snarky things into Twitter versus sitting at home and watching those things and typing snarky things into Twitter. Mm. I need that. I need to be in the location even if I don't actually need to be in the location. Does that make any sense? No. <sighs> this sounds like what an addict says. Like you, Your rationalizations have no presence in reality. Look, man, I just... I just need to go for a little while. I just need to be in the vicinity of the press mm -hmm. conferences. Yeah, I just need a little man. taste, you know? I just need a little taste just to get me through the week. It's all You're I off. need, man. RSVP has been denied. Oh. You can hang out outside. You just can't come in. Oh. Yeah, so that's, I don't know. I've been preparing for that week in San Francisco and getting into like two weeks on the road, which I haven't done in a while. But other than that, that's pretty much been my week. I went and saw our new studio space yesterday. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. How's that? Is it like a closet? It's it's small, but it will serve, I think, Vinny and I just fine. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be in that space permanently. It sounds like we might be moving at some point. I don't really know. Um, but for at least the, the first couple of months that Vinny is out here, uh, we have a space that looks like it's lined up. Um, we'll have to go get some equipment at some point. But uh, the space is good, and they have a bunch of stuff already, so that's a good start. There is a green screen curtain. That is the important detail. Oh, that's awesome. That's I'm I'm excited to see what uh what really stupid shit that you guys get up to. We got a couple of ideas. We've been we've been kicking some things around. I guess Vinny's on the road right now. Like he's he's he, driving. He's, com he's coming through. Uh, he's coming through uh, Chicago uh, at some point. Uh, uh, might be staying over at, at our place at some time. I don't know. Some, sometime I'm trying to figure week. out what route he's taking because when I when I tried to text him yesterday, he was like driving through like Death Valley or something. So I feel like he's taking like a very weird serpentine route through America to get to New Jersey. Well, he left early enough that he because he was talking to me about when I uh, drove across last year, um, and I, I did an indirect route because I took, you know, you can do San Francisco to Chicago in three, you know sort of hellish uh you know like you know 12 hour drives uh yeah if you're taking a bunch of trucker speed and and, and just fucking just hammering the the gas the whole way through you can do that in about three days it's about, it's about 35 hours i think if i yeah. if i remember correctly uh but that's not like an enjoyable ride whereas if you know he's given himself you know about a you know a week and, and change uh, that's you can like stop you can you can do things so you only have to drive you know five six hours a day like it's it's completely uh manageable 
uh, sort of thing for a road trip. Um, but yeah, at some point he's, he's coming through uh, Chicago and uh, he's going to help us out with some of the, the Giant Bomb Chicago plans that are materializing out here as well. Cool. Um, so uh, I'm excited about that. Um, do you play any other games? Not really, no. Um, I played a little bit of Super Time Force more. Uh, I still really like that game a lot, but I mean, I only got like one world done this entire week because this week's been a little nuts. Uh, I did play some more Transistor. I think I'm nearing the end of that game. Uh, How many hours? Oh, God, I don't even know. Uh, I, I haven't been less keeping than very 10? good track. So I'm definitely less than 10 so okay. far. I All think right. I'm nearing the end. I don't know if I actually am, but I feel like I am. So My, my hope is that... Uh, I don't really think, with the exception of my brother wants to come over and see Watch Dogs, uh, mm -hmm. although Jeff's review sort of confirmed a lot of how I suspect I will feel about that game. So it's not, right. I, I'm going to play it. It's based in Chicago. I'm going to play it. but That's a reasonable thing. I, I, I don't feel like I need to race out and, and start playing it immediately. So I mostly just want to finish Wolfenstein and Transistor before uh heading off to E3 and then I feel like I can get to to Watch Dogs uh, after E3 but uh, my brother's band or I guess former band they're in the game he oh, said, really? have, you heard, have you heard about some game called Watch Dogs he's like, yeah and he's like ah we're an unlockable song because they're a Chicago band I guess so they got some local flavor his band is was the audition I, I, I don't know if a band is ever completely broken up but they're certainly not active at the moment right. but they're I guess they are in the game in, in some capacity. So he's like, I need to come over and see that. I was like, okay. So I might play that a little bit with him to try and unlock his song. But otherwise, I'm sort of laser focused on uh, finishing Wolfenstein and Transistor before heading to L.A. Yeah, I am leaving uh, Watch Dogs for post-E3 at this point. Like, I'll play it. I'm interested enough to at least see what it's like. Um, but... You know, I, th I, at this point, I would rather start playing Mario Kart online this weekend and try and get through more of Super Time Force with what little, you know, free time I have this weekend uh, rather than try and dig into Watch Dogs at this point, because it just doesn't sound that interesting. Like everything Jeff wrote about it just made me see like this is exactly the kind of game I don't feel like playing right now. Um, uh, yeah, it's, that it's might hard change, to tell. But right now I don't. I hard to tell how much of that is, is sort of assassin. You know, if you look at Assassin's Creed as you know, potentially a model for where this franchise could go. You know, I know there are some people that really, really, really like the original Assassin's Creed. I didn't play it, so I can't speak to it one way or the other. I didn't jump on till two. Uh, but, you know, Assassin's Creed 1 was interesting to mm -hmm. a lot of people, but didn't quite work and had a lot of repetition and didn't really truly execute upon uh, a lot of the ideas uh, that it set out uh to work with until the second game. At least that's sort of the popular consensus. And I know that seems to be sort of Jeff's hope with Watch Dogs is that, oh, this is interesting. Hopefully at some point they make it interesting. I feel like the original Assassin's Creed also benefited from the time in which it came out. Like, when did that game come out? Like 2006, 2007, somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there wasn't, you know... There had been a lot of open world games at that point, but there hadn't been as many open world games at that point. So despite its being kind of repetitive, like it benefited from looking really great and being kind of an original concept and being something different. Very little about Watch Dogs other than the sort of like the the sort of bending the city to your will using nebulous hacking mechanics thing seems like it's really all that special other than, you know, it's like there's a cool concept here just doesn't seem like they really did anything that interesting with it. And I feel like it coming out in 2014, it's not getting nearly the same benefit of the doubt that the original Assassin's Creed got. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm, you know, I certainly, like I said, certainly want to play it, but the, mm -hmm. some of the response, especially Jeff's review, just, just sort of that was kind of my gut feeling on, on this game. I wouldn't blame anyone for, for liking it, offering a lot of, you know, it seems like a pretty good open world game, in the context of open world games, but if you were expecting it to be something truly different, which is kind of what I was expecting from that original trailer of the game, and yeah. Ubisoft has sort of systematically dismantled my expectations in the ensuing years. You know, the pitch of Watch Dogs is what I fell in love with. The game they made is is not quite what I was hoping for, but I suspect I'll still have a good time with it. I just, you know, sort of again without having played it so sort of just spouting a bunch of bullshit and mostly based on Jeff's review 
that it's not quite what I was hoping for, and and that's a bummer. But Ubisoft has shown their ability to really capitalize on sequels, so I think there's still a lot of reason to be hopeful uh, yeah. for for Watch Dogs and the day one sales. Uh, I didn't see if Ubisoft released exact numbers, but certainly they you know said it was their their best opening day ever. There will be another Watch Dogs game. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and I'm certainly curious to see which sections. That's what I'm super curious about with with the sequels is how do they where do they double down like what features do they emphasize going forward? I would love they're never gonna get rid of guns right like guns are gonna be like the the idea of a gunless <laughs> watchdogs is not going to happen. But they'll get rid of guns when they get rid of guns in America, which is not happening. So yeah, it's I would love to see them emphasize the stealth stuff a little bit more, like mm-hmm. really take your ability to manipulate the environment. To allow you to have a di- completely different play style, um, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to having a more informed opinion on that once I've played the game. But yeah. that's what I would hope for uh, with, you know, another Watch Dogs. It's just f- u- using this base concept to flesh out how the player can interact with that world and have it reflect the kind of character they want to play. Yeah, we'll talk about it more next Friday, um, which I imagine is the next time we'll actually be able to do one of these shows because Monday is when I'm flying to San Francisco. Unless okay. you want to just do it with a guest next Monday, which by all means, but uh, I will not be around, unfortunately. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, I've not had a chance to play Watch Dogs yet. I have not had a chance to really do very much game-wise this week. It's mostly just been kind of getting ready for, for next week in E3 and doing I New play, York I stuff. played Three Worlds of Kirby's Triple Deluxe. How is that? It, it seems like it's going to be a top candidate for a great game that no one fucking played in 2014. Aww. I need to put something on my DS for the flight next week, so maybe I should throw that on there. It's pr- it's pretty good. It's not challenging, although hmm. it gets more challenging than my expectations had led me to believe by the third world. I mean, to maybe write something about this because there seems to be a, a trend in Nintendo's platforming design, which is if you play a lot of their platforming games, whether it's the, the, the Galaxy games, a question, especially Super Mario 3D Land and 3D World, if you choose to not engage with the collectibles, mm-hmm. it really changes those games in fundamental ways that I, I think makes them much weaker. I, mm-hmm. I remember talking about this with Jeff during the Game of the Year stuff where I hate the term you're playing it wrong. Yes. But if you don't engage with the collectibles in 3D World you don't get to see the real genius of the level design. Like, mm. they're not collectibles that are just put in the world to be collectibles, which is actually what a lot of Ubisoft does for their open world stuff, Yeah, I find. Uh, it, it feels really just like a buffering and padding in the world to give you something to do, not necessarily really meaningful uh, expressions by the designers. And I think that is not the case in, especially in Super Mario 3D World and 3D Land, where those collectibles really push you to use the abilities of the characters and the expressiveness of uh, the player's actions in order to to get that stuff. And it makes the games much more difficult, much mm-hmm. more interesting, uh, and not necessarily more in line with, you know, the difficulty of the older platform games that Mario that Nintendo used to design. But it gets a little bit closer, and it seems, you know, maybe in the interests of trying to continue to reach wider audiences, Nintendo has hidden essentially difficulty levels behind collectibles. Yeah. And that's also true in, in Kirby to a lesser extent because it's meant for, it's just, Kirby is never meant to be a particularly difficult game. But in Triple Deluxe, like a lot of the, a lot of the really genius moments in the level design come out of searching for the, the stuff they have hidden uh, in yeah. the game. And if I wasn't looking for that stuff, it really would just be boringly moving left to right and not really having to engage with any enemies. And it would be a much less interesting game. And if someone... Because they're not a requirement, you could see, like, especially... Uh, you know, I've always had this conversation with Jeff because, you know, he's always just like, well, if it doesn't make me want to do it, then why should I do it? And that's a totally reasonable position yes. to take. But I was like, ah, but you're missing out on this much better game. And you're missing out because Nintendo's not forcing you to do it. And I think yeah. that's... It's a very deliberate design choice on on their end, but man, I really think it locks away much better games within <laughs> within these games that not necessarily everyone gets a chance to see because you don't have to do it. 
Well, it feels like the middle ground for that was sort of like Super Mario 3D World because that's a game where those stars are how you progress. You know, it's like you can beat the levels and then, you know, you'll get if you just get one or two or whatever, you like you'll get to a decent point. But once you get to like that halfway point in the game, you need to have a lot of those stars. Otherwise, you can't really get to the next world. So it's like, yeah, you can just kind of get through the level and complete it without, you know, collecting the stars or whatever. But then you go back and you're like, oh, wait, I, I can't get into that castle because I didn't get those stars. So, like, I guess that's maybe like kind of more like the middle ground of that. Um, my girlfriend hated that when we were playing Mario World because she doesn't necessarily love going around looking for collectibles and finds that kind of frustrating. Because, I mean, admittedly, some of those stars were a little hard to get. Most of them weren't, but a few were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she would make me go back and be like, just replay those levels and just go get those stars and then I'll, I'll join back up when you're done. Uh, so that was not my favorite thing, going back and having to get some of those stars that, that we didn't bother to get while playing co-op. But um, at the same time, I agree, it does make the game much more challenging when you do have to go for that stuff and you are actively looking for that stuff. It makes it a lot more interesting. Um, as someone who was very willing to blow past a lot of collectibles in a lot of games when that wasn't really a requirement, uh, I kind of had my eyes opened a little bit when I realized, oh, wait, I need to do this, and doing this is actually making it more fun in a lot of ways. Well, and I think that's the... And that this is the, the the rub that, you know, Jeff and I were talking about. Is I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that it locks stages behind that collecting aspect because I think that reinforces a stereotyped idea that collectibles are just collectibles to gate you as right. opposed to them being sort of a carrot in order for you to play differently or to you know to, to challenge you to try uh, new ways of uh, interacting with the the world but when you're just gating stages then you may you know you because so many games do collectibles so poorly I don't blame anyone for just going well you know screw that noise uh, that's just annoying that they're locking things behind forcing me to go back through stages again and it feels just like padding so yeah. it's a really difficult thing to try and and pull off you know NYC New York points out that uh, he likes the way the older 3D ones did it where the goal was explicitly to collect the stars right so that you know like in Mario 64 when you go into a stage the reason you're replaying it is because it was a different objective in order to grab the star on that stage and I totally agree I think that is a much better way of of melding the idea of collecting these objects because it's the explicit objective. You know, right. that's the reason you're playing this game or these stages or the reason you're in this stage again is because, oh, well, now it's a time trial. Yeah. And, you know, part of that design may have, you know, that may have been a technological limitation or a content limitation, but I think that's a much better melding of asking the player to do different things within this, uh, the same level uh, without it feeling like it's a collect-a-thon to pad out the game experience and yeah i don't know it just it got me thinking about that because the way nintendo has evolved that design you know in in the last like five ten years is is really interesting and i think unfortunately creates if you just follow what the game is the ask the bare minimum of you end up playing a far less interesting game than what is actually hidden in the design yeah and that's kind of a bummer uh, I forget what got us. You were talking about Kirby. That was what got this conversation going. Oh, yeah, uh, it's a good game. People should play it. I doubt anyone will. Uh, I'm gonna put it. it I'm just... gonna add it to my 3ds today. I'm gonna add that in Mario Golf, so I have some some different things to play on the the plane. There you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there was a there was a lot of a lot of news that we should that we should get to. Yeah. Um, we should talk about the biggest news right up front. Let's just get it right okay. out there. All right. Nintendo is making an adapter for the GameCube controller for the Wii U. This is by far the most insane, just absolutely mind-shattering news that could have possibly broken this week. Patrick, how do you feel about this? It seems like a smart move. I yeah, just... I guess. I don't know. I <laughs> I fucking hate the GameCube controller the way I have hated a lot of Nintendo controllers over the years. Um but you don't play Smash Brothers. But I don't play Smash Brothers is the thing. So I don't have that connection to it. Understanding that people who play Smash Brothers and are very into the Smash Brothers scene are very fond of the GameCube controller, this makes perfect sense. As someone who does not play any Smash Brothers really at all, this looks like someone creating a 
thing to make a worse thing plug into your new thing. And that doesn't sound very appealing to me. But I am not the target audience, obviously. Yeah, I I I think it's really interesting to see Nintendo, not usually a company that caters, uh, is really going out of their way to give the Smash Brothers audience kind of, it seems like so far, everything they want. You know, they're being way more interested in esports and the competitive scene. They recently revealed, I, I saw uh, that uh, they're going to have a, uh, uh, a revenue sharing program with streamers mm-hmm. you know, that uh, put things up on Twitch and YouTube. And, you know, these things are all coming very late, uh, but nonetheless seem to reflect maybe this is part of, you know, Nintendo with their back against the wall, realizing they need to do everything they can to make Smash Brothers the biggest hit possible. Yeah. And part of how you do that is getting the faithful really, really excited. And you get the faithful excited by giving them what they want and, you know, giving them a GameCube adapter, participating in any sports, getting an ad revenue share uh, for you know, the people that are so hardcore enough that they are streaming your games. Like that stuff, I think that, that those are all linked as part of a larger initiative that. If anything, I don't think the Wii U is, you know, savable in the sense that it's going to become another Wii. But if they are going to ride this out for another two years before another hardware platform comes along, they seem pretty convinced that if there's a game that's going to help them do it, Smash Brothers is it. And they're probably right. I mean, that is the game that can, you know so to speak, reach across the aisle and get people that are not necessarily interested in buying a Wii U otherwise to to, to get one, because there are enough people, I think, that, that are into the whole Smash Brothers thing, whether it's competitive or just for fun, that, you know, that, that game probably will make a very strong case for buying one of those systems. Here's the question I have. Are they actually going to re-release new GameCube controllers? Like, is that a thing they're going to put in stores at this point? Or are they just banking on everyone already having at least one floating around somewhere? Yeah, this sounds... This is, like, the hardcore of the hardcore. If right. you care enough, If you care about this news, you have a GameCube controller somewhere. Or yeah. go to eBay. I suspect they are not going to fire up the manufacturing uh, for a new GameCube controller. I mean, I guess maybe it's possible that they would do some sort of special edition, you know, or, or something like that, but I think this is very much... If you care about this accessory, you still own a GameCube controller. Who's to say they don't have a warehouse full of unsold GameCube controllers just somewhere in Japan that they couldn't just repackage and throw those out there as, like, a limited edition Wii U game controller? You know, like, that... I That could work. If they put out a special edition of Smash Brothers this fall with a GameCube controller packed in, I don't really play Smash Brothers, but I'll buy it just to support something that weird. Lausbub says they are partnering with partnering with another company to make new ones. Oh, I guess that makes sense. That sounds there. See, I have all the good ideas after Nintendo has already had them. So awesome. <clears throat> That's pretty funny. Yeah. New GameCube controllers. This is how desperate Nintendo has got. They have to make new GameCube controllers. That things have well, gotten no, so bad for the Wii U for that they have to pretend that the GameCube was the glory days. Yeah. Hey, the GameCube had a lot of great games. The GameCube did have a lot of great games. I had those tiny discs. I like those tiny discs. I mean, yeah, you can, so weird. The audio was terrible on a lot of those games because of them, but the, I liked I liked how tiny they were. It was a little box. You had a little handle. You carried it around with you like a lunchbox. It was adorable. And I liked how weird that GameCube controller was. I, I don't necessarily blame you for disliking the controller, but holy shit, man. Don't mistake my a- meaning. It's a big improvement over, say, the N64 controller, which is an abject disaster. Um... And it's better than, say, like, the Wii, like, the little plastic nubbin thing that you attach to the, the Wii, Wii remote to, to, to do that. Uh, it's better than those, certainly. It's still just not a controller I ever had much affection for. But that's because sure. I didn't play Smash Brothers, really. So that's that, that all fits together. So, that, yeah, so that's happening with that's uh, Nintendo. That's Nintendo That's, uh... Oh, I'm looking at the photo now. Oh, it's a multi-tap adapter, too. That's... Oh, man. Fantastic. I love it. Fan. Good for them. Good for them doing that. Uh, Some bummer news. Yeah. Uh, A lot of bummer news this week. Is closing. Yes. So everyone is uh, gone. For Mythic, who was uh, acquired by EA some number of years ago, they're making the 
Warhammer uh, Online. What what else were they doing? Um, so they made that uh, Dungeon Keeper game that everyone hated. Really? Did yes. They? Hmm. They've been making some mobile stuff. They made that Ultima game also, the the one that came out on iOS not that long ago. Okay, so it seems like they were sort of EA's go-to studio for here are some old IPs we don't know what to do with, try and make something interesting on mobile, and that seems like a impossible task. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the reception for that fucking Dungeon, Ke- Dungeon Keeper game was toxic. Everyone was very angry at that game. Uh, Ultima at least seemed like it had some thing going for it, but I don't know how well it's sold necessarily. And you know what? Pro- none of that probably Mythic's fault. You know, they're an internal yeah. studio tasked with, hey, make this. You know, I, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know enough about you know how how that game was made, but wouldn't surprise me if you know that was you know a, a mandate brought down from on high of how this game was going to be sold, not necessarily the way the people who made it wanted to sell it. No, no, not necessarily uh, at all. Because it, it didn't seem like necessarily Dungeon Keeper was a bad game. It was a lot of the free-to-play stuff was really gross and exploitative. and Well, in this case, the, the free-to-play stuff, I think, overtook the game. Like, it became the omnipresent, you know, experience. And that uh, it, it was so pervasive that basically the actual game part was not very playable because of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, the, the idea that that's what Mythic was reduced to kind of a bummer and unfortunate. certainly evokes feelings of old EA. Yeah. You know, a company that was notorious for acquiring beloved companies and running them into the ground. I'm not sure if Mythic ever really had quite that status, but certainly the, the people that played, the, you know, like Dark Age of Camelot, and uh, I know that game had a very devoted following. Um, you know, they're just kind of get you know, chewed up and spit out and uh, certainly not a studio that reflected the values it was founded upon once it was acquired. You know, some, you know sometimes that stuff happens because there's no other way out. It's either get acquired or call it quits. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's been a while since all that happened with EA, so I'm not on the up and up about why the acquisition, uh, you know, happened in the first place. But certainly a bummer to see them go and to see you know another developer disappear into the ether. Yeah. Not not so great. Not disappearing into the ether, but uh, suffering similar problems. Uh, Harmonix, despite getting uh, Amplitude funded last week, uh, went through a round of layoffs this week as well. Uh, 37 employees were let go as part of a restructuring thing that also has uh, former CEO Alex Rogopoulos now working as chief creative officer, whereas there, uh, another executive at the, the company has now moved into the CEO role. So big. Steve, Steve Janiak? Janiak? Yeah, Janiak. Janiak? Who's relatively new there, is uh, as of the last couple of years, I think. Uh, I don't know very much about him, but he's been, you know, he's, he's relatively recent addition to the team, and now he's in charge of the studio. Whereas uh, Regopolis will be moving into a creative direction role, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, there's no good way to look at that news. I mean, especially coming on the heels of the the Kickstarter getting funded. Uh, the only yeah. thing. I can kind of say to all of that is that I'm guessing if the Kickstarter had not been funded, that number would have been a lot higher uh, because there would not have been another game for anyone to be working on. So there's that. Um, they also, uh, I don't have it here on my list, but I, I saw the headline floating around about <clears throat> the Chroma Alpha yeah. concluded recently and the email more or less said that game was getting completely retooled. I don't know if, if that's just a coded way of saying canceled. I know that wasn't being made entirely internally. That was being worked on. It was mostly being done externally. Right. Uh, but so it seems like, yeah, that Chroma, you know, but certainly probably had some internal staff associated with it. Uh, so that game, maybe not being canceled, but is disappearing for a while. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, 37 people is a lot for how many people can possibly work at that company? I mean, at their peak, that studio was over 300 people. It has not been anywhere near that number for a while. They They've went through a substantial number of layoffs. Uh, multiple rounds of them. Yeah. 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 
So I'm guessing, I mean, I, th this is a ballpark figure, but I'm guessing they were at maximum, they were at half that number. So maybe 150 people total. I'm guessing it was still lower than that too. So they might be under 100 now. I don't know. but So 37 people, not an insignificant amount of people. Even, no. even, even if they were at their peak, 337 is a, is a chunk. That's a, you know, it certainly seems like a team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they haven't really said exactly why. Uh, the, the statement uh, they put out was Harmonix is in the process of restructuring our organization to bring it into alignment with our current and future product development plans, a Harmonix spokesman told a number of websites. Unfortunately, yes. this means making the difficult decision to reduce the number of full-time staff. You know, sometimes stuff like this happens when a project doesn't get picked up into full production um, and you can only keep people around for a certain amount of time before if they've got nothing to fully contribute to that's it is that's unhealthy for the studio as a whole even if you don't want to get rid of those people yeah and in this case a lot, at least a number of the names that were in that list were people who had been there for a very long time like people who were very much instrumental in creating the culture of that studio as much as the games uh naoko who was like one of the leads on dance central kurt who was like the front desk guy and had been the front desk guy for many many years who was like you know old crust punk dude that everybody loved like that's that's the, the, the kind of people they were letting go in that wave. And that's, you know, that's that's not it always sucks when you let go of people. But when you're actually like cutting people who were sort of instrumental in creating your company's entire culture like that's that's fucking harsh. So. Well, bummer. Yeah. Well, hopefully those people uh, both at Mythic and at uh, Harmonix find jobs real soon. That is. uh just seems like job cuts are <laughs> yeah. just kind of something we we hear about every couple of weeks. I mean, as always, you know, the, the the internet has sprung to life, and you know, there are jobs page floating around all over social media at this point. Uh, there are lists, and, and and various companies are hiring. So you know, it seems like again, this is the one industry where it feels like anytime this happens, you know, people try to take care of their own. You know, the other people that work in this industry, which is nice to see. Uh, hopefully, they land on their feet soon. Um. There's much of consolidation happening in the UK media too. I saw that Future is uh, cutting 170 jobs and like straight up shuttering the online portion uh, portions of uh, CVG, Edge Online, official PlayStation, official Xbox, and official Nintendo magazines. Really, mostly, I mean, obviously, job losses are are, are, are crappy all around. But the fact that Edge Online is getting shut down is a bummer because yeah. if you don't subscribe to the magazine. That was one of the few places where you saw some of their terrific articles show up online. Uh, hopefully that does, you know, hopefully that continues to show up in some capacity. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird to hear that a print version is still ticking, sticking around while an online version is being shuttered, for sure. That is, a, that is such a future move. Like, I'm sorry, that is like the most future move. Like, let's get rid of the thing that might be successful for us in the long term in order to keep this old business that we think will probably die in a year around because I don't know. Like that's just that's just the kind of shit Future does. Like my girlfriend yeah. used to work at Future. She worked on their music magazines, which actually made them money. And that was the first thing they sold when they started, you know, rejiggering their U.S. operations. Never mind that our video game magazines don't make any money. Let's sell off the only things that actually are profitable in the U.S. That sounds like what a company does when it's completely on fire and yeah. it's just trying to get whatever money it can before it all implodes. Yeah. Uh, Ed Boon. Teasing a new Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Of course so, he is. Like, what else were they going to be working on right now? Yeah. I mean, they uh, there was a uh, photo that appeared on Reddit. It was a poster that had a uh, spine in the bottom of Mortal Kombat logo and says, who's next? Uh, you know, NetherRealm has historically, you know, since starting the uh, uh, working on sort of an alternate schedule with, you know, first, with, what was it, Mortal Kombat first? Uh, what was that DC something something Mortal Kombat versus DC whatever thing are you talking DC. about Injustice or are you talking about the, no the, no the... no there was the one before Injustice yeah, yeah Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe yeah uh, sort of started the trend of them alternating between uh, Mortal Kombat and uh, DC uh, fighting games and that seems like that's going to continue and uh, I'm I gotta admit that that last Mortal Kombat sort of scratched my itch oh yeah for another Mortal Kombat i I'm not saying this one won't be fun or interesting or, or cool, but you know, part of the reason 
that one was as fun as it was was because of the the long break it took. Uh, yeah. And uh, but I will say I am curious to see what Mortal Kombat looks like on current gen tech. So it's got that going for it. Um, but but as someone that you know actually learned moves and stuff the last time around, I, I can't suspect I will do that again. I'll play a story mode. I bet a lot of the moves it. will be the same. The basic moves will be the same. Well, no, but I mean, I mean, like actually learning and trying to get some strategy down with a couple of characters. Like, I don't ever do that, but mm-hmm. I was drawn into doing that with the, the last Mortal Kombat. Hard f- for me to to imagine doing that again, but we'll see. They they certainly uh, have a, a pretty compelling way of making uh, these fighting games, despite being in 2014 and almost no one else uh, finding a way to make them and be profitable. Uh, so. Uh, curious to see it if nothing else yeah i think i'm a little more excited than you are just because i was so into nine despite not ever really being able to play it online because i was not that good at it uh i really really enjoyed the the offline single player stuff and you know i actually replayed a whole bunch of that game when it came out on vita because that vita version is remarkably good for a, a vita port of of you know an existing console game uh so i'm i'm very excited about whatever it is they're working on uh especially you know any t- the thing with Mortal Kombat is that anytime the technology improves, it just gets grosser. That is the the main thing that they go for. They just find ways to somehow make it more just overtly disgusting. So I'm curious to see what their line is going to be like this time. Like, where are they going to draw the line on the grossness? Probably, probably pretty fucking far. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, especially that's that's one way to get some attention with the new set of technology. I'm, yeah, to see what they end up doing with the. The, the fatalities and, and things like that. Um, Pushmo, coming to Wii U, could not be more excited about that. Zero sarcasm. Pushmo is fucking great. It's so good on 3DS, and I am very excited for a big HD Pushmo. So thank you, Nintendo, for recognizing the glory that is Pushmo and deciding that they're going to put out Pushmo World real soon, June 19th. Game of the Year 2014 is coming real early. Uh, really glad uh, Pushmo was able to to make it happen. I don't have a lot of opinion on Pushmo because I never really played Pushmo. Oh, it's so good. Pushmo is so good. You you need to play some. some well, Pushmo. maybe I'll play this new one. Yeah. I guess some Project Beast footage went online this morning. Yeah, there were a couple of leaks floating around, but that was that was one of the big ones. Uh, so this is this is from software, but this is not. Ostensibly, none of this is official yet. Yeah, but presumably this is from software making a game that looks, at least in some flavors, like something that could fit into the scheme of a Souls game, but at least is not as of yet is not labeled as such. No, well, so Dark Souls was called Project Dark when it was in development, and you know it is rumored that this game is called Project Beast, and the footage that. I'm looking at right now, which is, you know, roughly 20 seconds long. It, it's all in motion of the screenshots we have seen in the past, or plucked from the screenshots that were floating around uh, before. And goddamn, does it look good? It looks yeah. really, really good. It looks really, really good. Oh man, I just, you know, I just played Dark Souls 2, a game that I was kind of disappointed with, but I am, I'm in. I'm, I, I. That has not dampened my excitement at all for Project Beast, especially because Project Beast will be coming from the man behind Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Yes. He's not involved heavily in uh, Project Beast. But, yeah, make sure and check that out. That footage is, is floating around. Uh, it looks completely legit, mm-hmm. and mm, it looks good. Also floating around this week was uh, footage for Battlefield Hardline. Yeah, it's the, the Visceral uh, Battlefield spinoff, right? Yeah, I think Dice is working on it too. I think Visceral's just doing the single player portion of it. Mm. At least that's what it sounds like. Oh, I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but yeah, so this is there was a video floating around. It's apparently an internal video. It was never meant for you know uh, public consumption. It was made about six months ago, according to uh, the head of Visceral. Uh, and it's cops and robbers, basically. You're you're you know it's it's police versus uh, criminals in in various American locales. Uh, the lead character is named Nick Mendoza, which leads me to very much hope that somewhere in that, that single-player campaign, he will be mortally injured, and someone character will yell, Mendoza! 
at the sky and it will be great. It will make me so happy. I hope. Um, other than that, I don't really have any questions about that game other than is it going to fucking work? Like that's 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 my only question for anything Battlefield at this point, right? Well, they put out like a separate statement, you know, saying they're about to drop a huge patch to uh, reform the net code in Battlefield Four. And I think, yeah, I think that you know, Visceral didn't make the last one. Um, and I'm trying to see if Battlefield Hardline Dice Multiplayer. Let's see if I can get anything to come up that can clarify that for us. Um, Da, 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 da. I just want to say I'm really glad the chat got my Mendoza joke because I have no idea what Simpsons references play anymore versus which ones don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where that line is anymore. <laughs> uh, also confirmed is lead development. This is from a Kotaku story. Lead development is EA's Visceral and not the Dice Division. So previous port reports had pegged Ghost Games, the Dice spin-off studio that made last year's Need for Speed Rivals, as helping with Hardline's development. The driving sequences here shown they look might be the studio's handiwork. So it doesn't it doesn't say here, but it seems like that this may all be visceral uh, from top to bottom. That'd be good. Um, uh, well, yeah, it would be nice if EA just you know let Dice work on you know obviously Battlefield Five and and also whatever Star Wars thing they're working on. Right, right, um, and and just get that right because I don't think they can put out another proper Battlefield. Uh, and, and and not have it be top to bottom polished and, and good to go. Uh, so, but yeah, that's going to hang over Hardline's you know head regardless of you know Visceral not being involved in that previous Battlefield's development. But uh, at least maybe this Battlefield single player could be interesting. You know, yeah, I stop playing. It could be. You know, maybe. Dice is not good at making single player stuff. No. Uh, at least when you know it comes to. Battlefield 3 and 4, I know people are, are big fans of the single player in uh, uh, Bad Company, right. uh, which was had a much sillier, uh, goofy atmosphere than uh, than Battlefield 3 and 4 uh, has, which is more in line with Call of Duty. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched the seven-minute trailer at this point. Maybe I'll just wait for the, 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 the more updated date trailer at... At E3, but. You know what? It's worth watching. Even if it's not okay. meant for public consumption, like there's enough in there to where mm-hmm. you get a real sense of what they're going for. Uh, some of it is cheesy as shit, uh, but some of it also looks really neat. Like definitely like a much more blown up version of like, say, Payday, you know, like that 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 kind of idea, but taken to much more insane battlefield like extremes, which is ludicrous, but, you know, I mean, if you're going to Michael Bay eyes, you know, payday, then I'm maybe at least kind of interested in that. Well, and almost anything would be better than the single-player stuff in the Battlefield games uh, as it as they exist now. So, yeah. uh, Visceral's working with a pretty low bar, but, uh, you know, I I liked Dead Space, so... I don't... That doesn't mean anything for a new Battlefield game, no, but I like Dead Space. Like I'm actually just kind of glad they're working on something that isn't like a third-person action game. Like, yeah, I'd be curious to see what they can do with something that's a little bit outside that comfort zone of the Dead Space games and Dante's Inferno and whatever else. Like, yeah, try something different. See how it is. Uh, Valve implying there's going to be a delay to 2015 for the Steam machines. Uh, not surprising that Valve will take its time. Mm-hmm. That is a thing um, that Valve has been known to do in various contexts. But it's a you know a little bit different when you're announcing hardware and partnering with different manufacturers uh, in order to uh, get that stuff uh, together. Uh, but uh, yeah, Valve is a company that that does take their time, so uh, they they seem to have implied. I'm trying to read through the the statement here, but basically that it, it's not coming out this year. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I suspect we will not see much about it at E3. Maybe at most there'll be some games that announce you know linux support which more or less becomes steam os support right uh, but outside of that I, I suspect that's we won't hear much about that till till later uh this year i've said it before i'll say it again i think that's gonna be a running theme at e3 this year not coming out in 2014 a lot of things yeah. a lot of announcements almost none of it this year yeah fall 2014 not not looking so there's hot. some stuff there is no, for sure. I, there's, there's some, there gonna be some good games, but compared to what it seemed to be shaping up to be, uh, not, not quite that. Roundabout, 
that day I got greenlit. That's coming out sometime this fall. That's going to be great. Yeah. That's going to be the best that game. game. Actually, more fun than it looked. I know, right? Yeah, I, I didn't know what I, to expect out of it, but I actually thought it was really neat. Yeah, I actually uh, enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Mario Kart 8, Mercedes DLC. Japan only. Still. That's okay. Still weird. Yeah, that definitely is a move that you don't expect Nintendo to make. I mean, I'm not going to say that their that purity is necessarily a hallmark of Nintendo uh, products, but the idea of sponsored DLC for a car company in Mario Kart is not something I would have ever expected them to do. I'm not mad at it. I don't even really care. I mean, even if it came to the U.S., I don't think I would be all that mad about it. It's just a little weird. Yeah, it's free, so, I mean, eh. eh. I, it's hard to muster much uh, anger at it, but uh, one way or the other, or f- feelings, rather. Uh, but, yeah, odd. I'm definitely not like Nintendo, and I, 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 I'm i not sure how to feel that one way or the other. The only good thing about this is that it shows that they at least have the idea of DLC in mind for that game, which says to me that yeah, maybe sure. they might add some more courses at some point, which would be nice. Yeah. What is is Mario Kart out? Is that today? Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I have to delete more stuff on my Wii U. I don't think I can fit that digitally. Yeah, that shit fills up pretty quick. It's actually not that Um, big of a game. It's only like four gigs total. Okay. Uh, uh, That game company raised seven million dollars in funding uh, from. uh, capital investment and they're going to develop and publish the game on their own which I think is pretty interesting and uh, exciting a, a lot of the talent you associated with Journey is actually no longer at that company yeah other than uh, Genova there have been a lot of num- a lot of key personalities from that team that have departed in the last few years yeah uh, so you know it's not to say that was everyone or that there isn't lots of talent still there but uh, a lot of the key figures behind Journey are, are no longer um, are there. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like, they took Journey, which was, you know, about as critically acclaimed as, you know, a game of that scale can can get, you know, competing, you know, hand-in-hand hand with uh, the biggest uh, out there. Uh, you know, it's not surprising that people took that opportunity to launch into bigger things on their own. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, but I'm definitely uh, super excited to see what what comes of this. It seems like if they're just raising money now, like I, I doubt we're going to see the game anytime soon. Probably, probably, not. probably sometime next year. But uh, hey, Genova Chen is making a new game. I'm gonna play it. And it might not be a Sony exclusive this time because you know he no longer have that. that yeah, attachment. they said pretty explicitly right after Journey that they intended to go multi-platform. Yeah. Uh, going forward, so you know whether that means like PC. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, but you know, they, they certainly have been known as a console company, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were putting that game out on on everything. Yeah. Um, you know, he. I remember the last I talked to him, he certainly seemed interested in exploring the multiplayer concept of Journey on a larger scale, and I think some of the job descriptions for uh, spots they've been hiring for have indicated they want to explore multiplayer. But you know, that's a company that prototypes and ditches stuff all the time. So just because they were hiring for network infrastructure and you know Genova was interested in multiplayer stuff two years ago does not mean that it has anything to do with the game they end up putting out uh, yeah. sometime in the next couple of years but looking forward to seeing some of that and I don't know that seems unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about that seems to broadly touch on a lot of the stuff that's happened yeah I think that, that, that covers so. the majority of the week uh, there's probably some other stuff but whatever at this point like I can't even think about it anymore I just I have a lot to do before I leave town, so. Yeah, yeah, you do. I have a lot to catch up on and uh, continue prepping for uh, our E3 uh, stuff that is not next week, but the week after that. Yeah. And very excited about it. Lots of lots of cool stuff going on. Lots of confirmations for uh, exciting guests. Uh, a lot of uh, new faces, a lot of old faces. Um, so it should be, should be good all around. Um, I don't really have much else going on today it's mostly a catch-up day because i've been gone for for six days oh uh, tedified asks, what do you think about the evil within moving to october if that means the game is better i'm okay with that also isn't that the uh, month when you should release a big horror game yeah 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 
but August is nice and cushy and away from a lot of other big games. Yeah. So while it may thematically fit better, uh, you know, it, October is also pretty stacked with stuff. Although I guess some games have moved out. Of, you know, that would have been historically where Batman right uh, came out, and they seem to be like switching to a coming soon theme in their trailers, which <laughs> yeah. maybe that means that game is is not, not ready. Not long for for 2014. Yeah, um, but why? Yeah, I think you're right that E3 is going to be a lot of. Uh, oh, hey, you thought this game was coming out this year? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think what I have coming up today. I have an interview that will be going up in the dump truck a little bit later with a couple of guys who are trying to kickstart a game based on Chikara, which is an independent wrestling promotion that is completely insane. Uh, and it's not okay. a wrestling game. It's a it's a side-scrolling brawler, which is ridiculous. And so I talked to them a little bit about that and what they want to do with that game. So that will go up today. Uh, and then next week, uh, we will be recording a new Power Bombcast. Uh, Rory and I, I, I will grab him by the neck and bring him into a room and we will record another box office bomb. Uh, and then I imagine we will be doing a Mario Kart 8 uh, quick look next week when I'm in town because I don't think they actually have a copy of that game in the San Francisco office. So I will be the one bringing the Mario Kart to San Francisco. Sweet. That sounds good. Yeah. Looking, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, all right, yeah, so we won't chat on Monday. If I can pull together a guest, maybe we'll do something on Monday. But I got plenty to work on and there'll be plenty to talk about uh later so uh, maybe we'll just reconvene uh next friday uh, but uh that's a show that's a show alex uh, next i well i'll see you online but otherwise next i see you uh pretty soon in los angeles looking forward to it man see you then